Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark and joining me on today's episode, you're going to have two guests. That's right, not just the one, but this time you've got two. So it's even better, two for the price of one. And you know what? You guys out there don't even have to pay for this podcast. So it's even better value for money and that's money you don't even have to part with. So hey, who can complain at that? I'm really, really excited to announce that on today's episode, I've got IMX and Kat Von D, two absolute legends, and it's a huge, huge episode. But before we get on to today's kind of interview and everything else, let's just focus on the last episode and a bit of a thank you to everyone. I was joined by Megan Levy, and for me, it was kind of taking a step out of my comfort zone. It wasn't anyone to do with film, music, TV, or pop culture. It was a completely different type of interview for me, but the feedback has been phenomenal. I've been reading tweets, emails, Facebook comments. It seems that everyone loved this story and kind of the bond between her and Rex. I think it pulled on a few people's heartstrings, and I think it was quite a, a deep, serious conversation, but it's it's something I was very proud to share with you, and the feedback's been great, so thank you all for taking the time to listen to that, and you know, the response has been phenomenal. Today's episode is going to be very different, it's now getting involved in the music industry, and obviously Chris Corner, who is IMX, has had an amazing career back in the day when he was in Sneaker Pimps, but his most recent project, IMX, is growing and growing at a huge, huge rate. Most recently he's been joined on tour by Kat Von D in the UK and this was a great chance for me to kind of catch up and speak to them both. But also she's gone on tour to the American dates and she's been on the most recent album Alive in New Light which is a fantastic album which I urge you all to check out. I'm so so excited to give you this interview. I'm really excited to read the feedback from you all because it's a huge huge name and to have them both join me on an episode is a dream come true. So without further ado, here's my interview with IMX and the one and only Kat Von D. Okay, so thanks for both joining me today. Um, Chris, my first question for you is, I didn't realise that you're one of us, you grew up in Yorkshire, is that right? I grew up in, in Middlesbrough, not quite as chic as, as, as the Yorkshire uh, vibe, but um, yeah, small town, industrial, dirty, fucked up, working class, that was me. And Kat, where about were you born? Uh, I was actually kind of, kind of similar situation, but in Mexico, I was born there in 1982, and um, it was mainly just because my 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 dad was a missionary doctor, and so we just were growing up in you know a third world country with absolutely no resources. And my dad was building hospitals and um, giving like free medical care to people in need, and so it was you know just uh, poverty doesn't do the, the scenario justice. But uh, I'm so grateful for that upbringing. I, I, when I think back in my life, that, that was probably some of the happiest years of my life, just the simplicity of it, you know? <laughs> what was your biggest influences growing up? What were those first gigs you went to when you thought, wow, this is this is the music I want, this is what I love? Yeah, I, I was um, I was a bit of a musical recluse, you know? I liked sort of raves and, and, and weird stuff and basically sort of losing myself in the the sort of trance-like state of that culture. I was not really a, a, a big band guy. I was exposed to music by my weird uncle who who played me things like Japan and David Sylvian and and sort of new romantic, the kind of weird new romantic stuff. And so I was not really into rock. I liked odd stuff. My mom played weird fifties music that, that I think 
I, I was really influenced by the, the platters and, and um, stuff like and, and Billy Holiday and things like that that, that, that um, really poked my melodic uh, interests. But band, band-wise, I wasn't really a big... I wasn't like into the or enemy scene and, and, and stuff like that. I was quite a recluse, actually. What about you, Kat? Well, for me, I, I think growing up with... Um, I think parents who weren't Americanized in any way and and definitely more on the conservative side, uh, you know, church-going people, um, we were brought up with, like, church hymns and stuff like that, which I was not passionate about whatsoever, but um, I started becoming classically trained in piano playing at the age of five, and so my first big passion for music was definitely, you know, in the romantic era, so I loved Beethoven, Chopin, Mozart, things like that, and I still play every single day whenever I whenever I'm not out of town of course um, and I still love classical music as uh, my number one go-to type of music that I listen to but it was like I think at the age of 12 where I discovered punk rock music and that just changed my entire um, it, was, it was almost like all the feelings of growing up feeling like didn't belong in any, any place not even within my family unit I felt like that music was something I could relate to and it gave me a, a sense of belonging in, in some ways and so that really changed changed my um my life really and i don't really listen to to that stuff anymore i don't hate it or anything i still have all the records and stuff but um i think you know as we get older kind of start to progress uh in musical taste i feel like it went from punk rock music which like you know power chords everything and uh, and then it's like i discovered heavy metal which to me i understood so well because you know there's so much classical music structure within heavy metal so with scales and sessions, so I, I really responded to that, and um, and you know I don't know, but I'm getting into the heavy metal now. <laughs> now is my heavy metal period. It's one of those those forms of music that just is so essential for for touring. I've found yeah that for someone so sort of uh, reclusive and cynical as I am, it really just brings uh-huh. me out of my my own mind and gets me into a state of just pure energy. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I, thankful for that now. Yeah. One of my favorite times when we were out on the road was getting ready backstage and listening to Judas Priest and to that song Turbo Lover. Like that's one of my favorite Priest <laughs> songs yeah. of all time. <laughs> and there is something kind of comical about it and animated, which I love. I can appreciate that too. You know, and I think of you course. That in, you know, everything from metal to black metal and all that stuff. So I, I love that shit. <laughs> That's that's the good shit. That's what I like. That's why when I go to a gig, I want to be I want to be entertained. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are obviously touring at the moment. I just missed you guys. You were here in the UK, but obviously I understood that Cat was posting um, some of your music on Instagram, and it caught your attention. And obviously that's a, a huge push for you. But then, how did that actually then turn into? Hey, do you want to come to the studio and record some music with me? I just saw that she was active musically, like really engaged musically, and she understood this project which is quite an indie project and, and, and it's it's not you know in that in the world that, that she moves in and, and, and she was very vocal about about supporting the band and getting the message and, and understanding the lyrics and the the the, the theatre of it and, and I, I it was a no brainer for me to just contact her and be, be interested particularly when I found out she had such a beautiful voice and that that, that would I felt that it would really complement my voice, being all weird and high and falsetto, that her <laughs> smoky, low tones, 
<laughs> I was listening to some of it today, and I was just like, "Fuck, man! Like these sound perfect. Like sometimes someone, when you have a guest on an album, it feels like mm, this doesn't quite work, but it feels like it was meant to be." I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. Well, thank you, oh, um, and thank thank her. I'm so happy. <laughs> For me, it was like so important that like like especially IMAX fans would respond to like my presence on any aspect of the album as a positive one. You know, I think um, you know fans can get very protective and um, and doubtful. You know, whenever it comes to like new collaborations and stuff. So I'm, I, I was in the beginning like not nervous, but just really hoping that it would be well received and and it was so that that makes me really happy they fucking love you (laughs) (laughs) the feedback's been great so far what I've been reading because obviously when you then buy a record you don't think you're then still going to get to see those songs live with you Kat you kind of think oh it's great it worked on the record but how's it going to work live to then go to the show and see that you're there whose idea was that? I mean I was astonished that she said yes because (laughs) I, I, I I mean you know, throwing yourself in the deep end like that, just just sort of travelling to, to, to shows is, is so much energy. And, but she's just a bundle of fucking drive. And, <laughs> and, and that, that was just a massive sort of surprise to me. So, you know, I'm, I'm just blown away that she did it. Like, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to give it 110,000%. You know, I think that, um, like, with any project that I pour myself into, whether it's, like, tattooing or creating music or... Um, or, you know, whatever, it's like, uh, I, I love being creatively involved as much as I possibly can. I think that's why I, I was such a huge fan of IMAX to begin with, because you can really hear that in, in the music, you know, this isn't something that's, um, you know, like every sound is, is um, accounted for, and it's, it's very um, intentional, and I think that, you know, and I don't want to sound like a, like, nagging old lady, but, you know, a lot of music nowadays is so half-assed and just, um, expected and um, and I think that people are I know I know I I can personally touch that I I have a hunger for to feel again you know I want to feel and I think music like that makes you feel so if you're gonna do it you know fucking do it right. <laughs> so what was it like the first night then? Did you do much rehearsals or did you just go fuck? Let's just go for the gig and do it. She she's more punk rock than I am when it comes to that. She was just like on stage. Yeah, I was like, do you need anything? No. Do you want more? No, nothing. She was just like on it, totally accepting of the situation. Um, and I'm sort of flopping around, moaning around, being a whole prima donna about the whole situation. And, you know, that's my that's my role live. Um, but nothing, not a peep. Um, totally professional, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was really a, press, a, a breath of fresh air for us to, to have a presence around. Tearing's a, a bit of a slog sometimes. It's, boring it's, it's beautiful but you know to have that was was really injected a energy into this tour actually so thanks cat you're beautiful <laughs> no, i i don't feel like it was ever boring i i was like never a dull moment i i love i loved every every moment of it it was great um yeah it's cool cat were you nervous truthfully before you went on stage were you shitting yourself or were you like let's just do it <laughs> you know man i mean i just celebrated my 10 years of sobriety and so like prior to the, the 10 years I've like woken up in my own shit I've been like the most craziest things that you should be embarrassed about I've already experienced so I don't think there's anything that would ever like scare me anymore you know I'm not afraid to eat shit like if I you know like um my friend texted me he's like oh how did it go did you um did you trip and fall like you know I was just like oh I kind of wish I did that would have been even funnier 
but no, I, I, like I'm prepared for whatever. You know, I think I think um, you know that vulnerability or just like acceptance of what it is. I think people, some people like that about me, where it's like it's it's okay. You know, I mean, um, I don't like. I mean, not take my picture. Just, so I don't really care. That's yeah. like a purity in, in in that kind of entertainment as well. I mean, it's all ridiculous. Live music kind of is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and you, if you accept that for what it is, you can have so much fun and entertain people yeah. better and. and, and I think that's all, all it's about in the end. And you seem to have yeah. really nailed that. I mean, I'm still struggling with that every day, but I think you've got that down to a T. So you're going to have no fucking problems when you go out touring on your own. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> you're at the moment you've, um, I believe you've recorded your own solo album or you're in the process or is it finished now? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, um, I wrote and recorded uh, an album years ago. Um, I mean, I've been saying three years for the last three years so it's probably been six years now but um but uh you know i just i'm a little bit cuckoo i have like a few loose screws so you know there was a moment where i was like i'm just gonna disappear and just shelve this whole project and then i decided to stay and now you know the fans have been waiting and and, and i'm really ex- extremely proud of the album so um just doing a few remixes and then mastering and and then i'll be able to release it um probably at the end, end, end of the summer um, hoping for that and then touring so yeah I'm excited about it I think um, you know I think like my hardcore fans know about the fact that I sing but for the most part I think people kind of pigeonhole me as like a tattoo artist I'm like I feel like that's like an asterisk on the list of things that I, that I do you know especially considering music was my first passion that I can remember prior to even drawing so so yeah it's it's, it's exciting and, and again I think that was like another thing that made me a little bit nervous about you know being a part of this, the new IMX album and the tour and stuff was because I know that people don't know that like they can sing and um, that it's not just, you know, uh, a famous person slapping their name on something, you know? And, um, but thankfully, you know, I think IMX fans are so art, art, artful minded, which is super cool. I love looking into the crowd and seeing people that, um, that I feel like if I ran into them on the street, we would be friends, you know, and I think that's cool. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very tolerant, very conscientious, understanding people, even though they're protective yeah. of, of the project, I get it, <laughs> but, but they, they're so hungry for me also to, to have a yeah. fucking life collaborating with people, yeah. you know, so I think it's very exciting for them to, to, to experience this. Yeah, and I, and it's important for them to be able to celebrate. I mean, I lo- I'm I'm a fan of music, so I love celebrating, um, you know, artists and musicians and people that I love. So I think it's a overall positive experience. So now that the tour's gone really well, um, are you going to repay the favor, Chris, and go and do some touring with Cat for her album when it comes out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, that, that's the master plan. That's that's what I've been thinking about all along. You see. Um, if she wants me, she can have me. Um, I've, I, I'd, I'd love to take a, a bit of a break from myself, and, and that, that's always—I think—that's always healthy to, to to immerse yourself in, in somebody else's concept and, and and message. So, yeah, God, that would be great. But you know, yeah, let's see, I mean, let's I, see, see if she still likes me by the end of this series. <laughs> oh, I, I love you more every day, Chris. But oh. I feel like, uh, I, I would love to have um, Chrising on the record too, and so um, you know we'll see what happens. But but we've already talked about you know I had no idea that he was so talented in the the you know video directing and editing world. You know I was actually really shocked. I assumed that um, you know videos like Happiness or the Gary Newman music video that he did that was just 
uh, you know, directed and produced by somebody else, and, and it was all, in fact, Chris. And so when I saw those videos, I was like, what the fuck? Like, you have you have to do a, a music video, like direct a music video for one of my songs. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, the stars will align and he'll have some time when, after the tour is done to, that we could, yeah. Yeah, I, I would love that because I think that's, you know, after a long period of, 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 of doing music and, and being sort of uh, overwhelmed by my own message, it's, it might be nice to do, I mean, it will be nice to do something technical and, and to, to sort of for the pure uh, yeah. visual art outside of music. It would be great. Yeah. I was watching the video today to Stardust, and it, I'm not just saying this. It's 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 so well directed. It, it looks amazing. And I, my first thought was, this guy should be now moving on to trying to do a film, a short film, or an independent film because you've right? got a you've got that's, a talent. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, you know, guys, I would fucking love that. The thing is, I'm so I'm so shit when it comes to concept. Like I can I can sit around for months, sort of figuring out puzzling together visual interesting things but but when it comes to narrative or or storyline i'm just i'm just not very good um it would have to be some kind of collaboration i guess with with, with that with somebody that can actually oh my god right chris i was hmm. gonna tell you I, I totally forgot i was gonna message you the other day that i have a, i have an idea for a stalker music video that we can talk Ooh. about after this podcast wow <laughs> This is an exclusive, yeah. <laughs> no, because what if it sucks and then you say no and then it'll all these like listeners are gonna think it's a stupid idea. But yeah, the music video looks good, man. And like, I, I don't want to you know piss on you, but the fact is, it, it got pulled. I heard. Is that right? It got taken down. Yeah, it was. It was. It's very frustrating. It's 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 a ridiculous little thing because I when I made the video, I. I wasn't planning to be controversial or pushing limits with, with it. it. It really was just a sort of free, fun, sexy thing of, of letting people kind of be topless. But they weren't even topless. You know, there, there were no nipples. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't like free the nipple territory. It was, in my opinion, fine. Um, but there were territories that, that wouldn't accept it as, uh, you know, Russia wouldn't accept it, Turkey wouldn't accept it. So... There, there was there was sort of more conservative angle that that the the, the, the company said you know you've got to do a re-edit so you know I'm blurring out tits and I'm and 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 with the, you can't even see anything anyway it, it was ridiculous so that was a bit disappointing it's also disappointing for for the fans to 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 see okay this is an un, this is the censored version. And then you release the censored version on Playboy, which is the only channel that would release it. And it's pretty much the same. So everyone's like, well, what's, what the fuck is the, the whole thing about? It really is ridiculous. People yeah, just suck. There. They just they look for something to moan about. They get off yeah. on it. They literally sit there and go, oh, this guy's made a good video. It's artistic. It's actually quite creative. And hey, it's original. Let's try and fuck him over. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> the world we're living in. And when you can see all of this, oh my god, don't get me started on this. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I, I, maybe the silver lining is that it, it does have people talking about, like, well, hey, what the fuck is the difference? You know, and I think that that's always a great, like, agent for change when people start thinking, like, well, wait a minute, like, why are we, um, you know, like, 
pretty much oppressing <laughs> uh, women's ability to show a body part that for a male is like not even questioned. You know, it's it's really, you know, when uh, it's Absolutely. dangerous to, to sexualize something that's so natural because it really puts women in in the real world in in a dangerous situation. I, I believe that. You know, so I think I think the silver lining is that people are talking about it and 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 that's a good thing. You know, um, I mean, ho- hopefully it'll start. Uh, you know. Um, relaxing the minds of these fucking boring conservative fucks who have to secretly fuck themselves in the ass instead of being open about it. <laughs> Nicely Yay. said. Yes. God, you're so right? positive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was watching some of your interviews today before this, and this is more positive than I was expecting. I was, there's some questions where it's like, how's the tour going? And you're both like, fucking shit, and this is terrible. And I'm like, okay, this is a lot more positive than I expected. I know. <laughs> Considering the music, right? Exactly, yeah. I must have either... This is either the right time of the day to do an interview or you're both... I don't know. There's something going on I don't know about, but you're, you're more positive than I expected. I, I'm, I'm very is high on, on, on medication. Ah, okay. Um, you have to un- realise, I before this call, I was put on this hold music, which was sounding like something from like a, a pound shop version of the Lion King soundtrack, and I sat through that for about ten minutes, and I'm in a much better mood after listening to that than I expected, so God knows. <laughs> you are both very passionate people. Um, Kat, you are one of the best tattooists in the world. You've gone out there and you've proved yourself as a musician. You've done makeup range, which my wife is always telling me is the best in the world. What is left for it you is, to do? by the way. It fucking is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the fucking mascara I couldn't find when I went into London and I'm like, oh, I've got a list of what to buy and it's, it's not an easy thing to find when you're a guy. <laughs> But you seem to. Is there is there anything in the world that you still want to kind of grasp? I know you're going to release an album and tour and be successful. But is there something? What else is there that you want to get your teeth stuck into? Oh my god, there's a million things, and I think that um, you know I've always said this before that I think that um, I have a million things that I want to do before I die, and I think that that will probably be my biggest curse of uh, accepting that I won't be able to do all of them before, but at least I'll die trying. And um, and I think that you know when I look at someone like Salvador Dali who of course, was known for his paintings, but, you know, he has, uh, he, I have all of his poetry books, I have his cookbook, he designed architecture, furniture, jewelry, um, and, and, and philosophy, and to me, I, I always felt like, that's such a good example of, like, what, what our minds should be, like, not limited as a one-trick chomp, you know, and I think, like, you know, people, like, I remember when I first started talking about writing music, people, like, stick to tattooing, and it's like, well, fuck you, man, how about, like, don't, don't, don't put down the fact that I'm free and living living consciously while you sit in a cubicle in a job that you hate because that's what you've been programmed to think. You know, I think that we should be by example and, and pretty much show people that, like, you can do anything you want. I mean, it takes a lot of fucking work and might mean that you can't watch Game of Thrones sometimes because you're too busy making stuff. But, you know, that's, um, you know, there's... Um, there's a fulfillment that I've received from all the things that I, uh, I'm able to do because of it. But to answer your question, I mean, I, I'm extremely passionate about gardening. It sounds silly, but I have like a black flower garden. I have like over 30 different species of black plants and flowers and um, really like learning about soil and just nerdy gardening shit and um, big music. I write books. Uh, I'd love to like work more on like the philosophical side of writing um, instead of just storytelling, I guess. Um, and... Um, I have like a shoe line that I'm working on, but I, my my main drive in life really is just my animal activism. So it's like 
in whatever form it comes in. And like some people think, oh, she has a makeup line. And it's like, yeah, that's just like the vessel to carry the message that we should purchase cruelty-free products instead of ones that test on animals, you know? And yeah. so I think um, that's a neat way. I think the only the only medium that I haven't figured out to, for, to carry that message is music, just because it's a hard one to write about, you know? It's like, it would have to be too abstract or something, but, um, but I, that'll be a goal, you know, one day to write an epic song that means something more than just fucking my my collection of pathetic love songs that I've written. <laughs> Dude, you're unstoppable. <laughs> I've got this, like, feeling that you'll be, like, 85 years old on your deathbed and you'll still be trying to fucking write a metal album with a studio there and... Yeah. You're just... Oh, dude, yeah. You're never, ever going to stop. Yeah, I mean, I think, oh, um... I think, like, yeah, like, creativity is a lifeline for me, you know, I think that, um... I, you know, I used to use it in an unhealthy way as a form of, like, being antisocial, you know, like, I'm constantly drawing and it used to be kind of a self-defense mechanism to not have to talk to people... And now I just, um, you know, instead of using it as something to, or as a, not a distraction, but as a, a consolation prize for being human or something, now it's like I can just use it to, just to make me happy, you know, like just for the, the joy of, like the sake of creating, and I think that's, that's exciting, you know. What about you, Chris? Are you kind of, would you like to get back into more of a band again and do things as a group, or do you like doing it yourself and having the full kind of creative control? Yeah, I think I think I, I I accepted a long time ago that I'm just a control freak and too awkward and too too sort of demanding with with my own privacy and intimacy and I like to make mistakes in private. Uh, you know, I'm very self conscious. I I am an introvert that, that that basically basically an introvert that, that needs to be an extrovert to get love and acceptance from the world. Of course, getting on stage. Um, but I think what, what the one thing that, that, that I found I'm more and more passionate about is is psychology and doing the records, making these weird sort of self-analytical records over the years has just made me more and more uh, interested in, in the way people work and the way I work and, mm. and things like, you know, to get a bit serious, but, you know, depression, clinical depression, anxiety psychological issues and all of that stuff is, is, is fascinating to me and, and I feel like I could maybe take a more of a sort of responsible role in that at some point. I thought about going back to, to university and, and studying psychology, maybe getting into therapy side of things because when I was sick, I, you know, I, I really appreciated how that world changed me and, and how the the reality of sort of science of psycho- pure psychology and science helped me through something that I thought was totally emotional and that it was my own sort of broken soul but put into a medical sense it totally changed me so I can see that, that there's a uh, something as, as a technical person which I am as well and I've always been very interested in science it's something that I could throw myself into and maybe help others in a different way that's not so uh, sometimes the music feels very egocentric it, it kind of is I know you, you you get a chance to help people art helps people but it sometimes feels more tangible that, that maybe psychology could be something as an alternative to that or complementary it's very honest and that. uh, that's yeah it's 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 giving back isn't it and kind of help I mean I'm 36 now and I think 
forever, it's so weird, but you grow up and for some reason, like, after sort of 25, you just think, fucking hell, like, i got to stop taking stuff for granted in this world. Like, I'm an adult now and I kind of need to look at the bigger picture. And I don't know yeah. what it is, but at this age now, I don't know if you agree, Kat, but I'm like... I'm stopping at everything and looking and analysing everything and every decision and looking into it and just thinking, when I was a kid, I just let my parents do everything for me. Now I'm like at that age where I need to kind of really kind of just take responsibility and not be scared to put my hand yeah. up and ask for help. And it's it's not even a pride thing. Yeah. It's just it's just being yourself now. I think that's why I appreciate the psychology like or, or Chris's like, interest in it because it's like, you know, um, depression or, you know, whatever, you know, mental illness that you're dealing with, like, sometimes that, that never goes away, but if you can understand it, you know, like, you can function better and cope with it, whereas, like, for me, I know prior to having this understanding of what depression was, depression consumed and paralyzed me and was completely self-destructive, and, um, and you know, it doesn't mean that I don't feel anymore, I'm not, I mean, I know this, this whole interview probably sounds all positive and happy, but, like, you know, I'm probably the darkest person on the phone call. <laughs> but I think I'm no longer negative, you know, because there's an understanding of what of what it is. And, and I think that it's a beautiful thing to, to grow up and, and, like you said, instead of just expecting your parents to sort it out for you, you can kind of, like, question it yourself and take accountability or see, see your part in things and then um, deal with it, you know, because... Um, it's as scary as it sounds like it's so fucking liberating on the other side you know I mean I think oh totally so, uh, I mean that, that that is the enlightenment moment isn't it when, when you when you get uh-huh. to the point that you are totally responsible for your own life you know it's scary yeah. you're, you're full of fear but once you release that I think that's freeing yeah oh totally it's, it's all um, what's the word it's all up from there it's, it's yeah you know it, you, you, you describe uh, how you're in, in a very self-analytical time in your life and um, yeah. uh, I think you know all I can say is that it's going to get better and it will get better yeah we've turned this podcast into like a counselling session for each other so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all looking positive it's all looking positive it sounds like even though we're saying we're the darkest person on the call and stuff our lives are panning out in a good way I mean Cat, you've just got married and you've got the coolest cats and I don't know how Chris even pulled you away from that part of your life right now because, you know, I don't know how he just... You've just got married and he's taken you away from your husband. It's just... You must have something powerful, Chris. <laughs> well, I mean, I think... I Luckily, like, I think my husband understands uh, my need to, to create and um, it's supportive in that sense. And, um, I don't think that's something I've ever actually had, you know, prior to this relationship I've always had. Um, extremely dysfunctional, like, um, almost like strange, weird competitiveness, you know, where like your partner, I don't know, like my successes would magnify their insecurities or something where I I don't think that should be that way. You know, I think you should be like, I mean, I don't know. I like surrounding myself with people that are better than me at everything, you know, because I think it's, that's like, I want to be around that frequency and admire because I want to be better myself, you know? So I don't have a problem with understanding, like, where I stand, you know, or, like, like um, you know, it's not a... I think, I, I think, in general, I mean, you can see in social media, people love to, like, 
shut you down to make themselves feel a little bit better about their existence when it's like so not necessary, you know? So anyways, our point being is that going on the road, yeah, it was, it was hard and, um, we're pretty kind of like clingy to each other, which is nice because I like that. But, um, but yeah, I think in the future we'll travel together. So it'll be fine. (laughs) But yeah, the cats, oh my God, it's so hard to wake up without those motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you miss him too. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking star. The way you describe social media, it's like it's it's the best thing in the world, but it's also the worst. It's I've never seen anyone on Instagram put a picture of themselves up looking down in the dumps or crying because it's all about glorifying your life. You'll always take the photo of you being at your happiest or with your favorite meal or at a gig. And it's it's a bit of a false representation for the normal public when they see these great pictures of these celebrities having the best time of their life. It's also the best thing because you guys wouldn't have met and had this whole music kind of career because of it. It's it's I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I try and take myself away from it sometimes, but I'm always eager to check again. I, and think, get... that, I, I think that's all you can do. I mean, it, it is way too powerful. You know, it, this is part of humanity now, and you're not going to control that um but you can definitely control your reactions to it and how you use it and you know to i think just to, to analyze it i gave up analyzing it i just i don't use it very much i use it for a bit of business and obviously to connect with people like cat but um it, it it is it can be incredibly toxic and incredibly and distracting. liberating and distracting and everything at the same time so i think just the overload is is what we have to be careful about and just dip into it when you need it and forget it when you don't. But I could go down like a rabbit hole, so I'm like so strict with myself and the social media stuff because I am quite active on there and I do like the ability to communicate with fans, especially directly. I think that's really neat and cool. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, social media has really given this idea that like, everyone's opinions count and I, I honestly don't believe that <laughs> you know I don't like yeah. you know if I post a photo of a tattoo that I've done if, if you're not Carvaggio I don't give a I don't give a fuck what you think you know good, like good or bad you know I think I think it's like um, you know but but I'll get so much criticism you know like uh, how this is not as not good enough for somebody you know and it's like so I think it's like for me I'll post something and I give myself 10 minutes to respond to a few fans and stuff and then and then I put my phone down because if not you can really I mean and there's been times where I get sucked in and someone like says a shitty comment and I'll like um, try to I try to kill them with kindness you know kind of yeah. make them feel bad but, about being dick but, but structure uh, is key know, right I mean you, you obviously found a good way with the structure and I think that that, that is the, to set rules that's the, the only way yeah. you can deal with that right yeah, I mean, I get I get really like alarmed when I'm traveling, especially you know you're on the plane or at the airport, and that and um you know you just see these zombies just you know or pedestrians walking across the street on their phone, and I'm like, man, like not only are you putting yourself in danger, but others as well. <laughs> you know, it's like this uh, kind of unconscious living. You know, so I'm I'm a big yeah. fan of like putting my fucking phone away. You know, I mean, I think there are really great times to be able to document beautiful moments, like. I, you know, on this tour, I think I regret not taking more photos and videos because, um, you know, like, uh, like I'll bring up Janine Soundcheck, for example. Chris, you know, that's like my yeah. favorite part of tour. It's like, uh, yeah. I just want to see Janine Soundcheck because it's so badass, you know? And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, like, I 
Yeah, I should I should have like videotaped more and stuff, but I think on the the U.S. leg of the tour, I'm definitely going to take more videos because I think that stuff when you share it with the public, it inspires them to get off their ass and do something too. It's like I think people yeah. should, should make music and learn how to play instruments and draw by hand and or do whatever they want, like express themselves, but like perhaps not live through through other people that you that you've never met on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> is it an amazing feeling that the New York shows have sold out twice and now you're adding a third one which will obviously sell out is it the best feeling in the world knowing that when you get to go across the pond the response the crowd the the drive and passion is going to be sky high it is it is yeah, it, you know <laughs> it's 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 such a strange fucking lifestyle though that touring because <laughs> you know you you go from that to some Fuckland toilet in in the middle of nowhere, with you know carrying the same kind of amount of energy and, and expectation and feeling, and you can play to fifty people with the same kind of energy as a thousand people, and it's such it's so weird, you know. I, I wouldn't say that 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 it's um, the most balanced way to to live your life, but it's definitely. Um, uh, hyperspeed living and and if you know, I'm so glad that I have the, the chance to experience this in my life because not many people do and it's it is a compressed way to experience emotion um, and particularly with fans like ours who are so devoted um, I, I you know it's, it just blows you blows your head off sometimes I mean it's, it's it, you know I stand there and start crying or something like that and and then laughing and then you know go backstage puke or i don't know whatever it takes it's it is mind-blowing and um it's so good that you guys have clicked and it's worked and i can just see it going from strength to strength for the people that listen to this podcast a lot of them are creative people that are going to be wanting to one day make a music video that will one day want to do their first tattoo what is the best advice you can give to those people that are probably on the edge of thinking, I want to make it, but I don't know what it takes. I know it is obviously hard work, but both of you must have, you, you are the go-to people for this. I mean, I'm not a big fan of giving advice, but I think if I had to, <laughs> I, I would say that um, just to, you know, really remember intention because, um, you know, if your intention is to get rich and famous, then you're just trying to fill up a bottomless void of a pit that will never happen. But if you're truly creating for art's sake, then um, you're basically, the idea of success is already achieved the minute you create. And then if people love it, that's icing on the cake, but then, um, you know, you you kind of eliminate these um, toxic um, voices, I think, in that sense. And I think that that's important because there's, plenty of people that are famous for being obnoxious or for fucking somebody or whatever the fuck and that's that's just so fleeting and kind of like meaningless you know so i think uh, i think if you just pay attention to your intention like what do you want to do why do you want to do it and um and, and stick to that you know and you can yeah. get sidetracked along the way but i think always go back to that you know um nice i think uh, I, I think I, I i totally agree um and my, mine is mine is a, a more of a of a cocktail of of uh, <laughs> self uh, you know discover your self worth. You have to be good at something. I think that helps. Um, you have to work really hard. 
pride down. Don't you know? Don't have a huge ego. Be good to people. That helps too. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, you know, one thing I realised when I started this project was the only fucking unique thing that I can do is me, and that's it. So if you totally embody yeah. who you are and and are true and honest to, to your own message, it it will be unique. And and I think that that's, yeah. that's the only thing that you can really count on in, in the end. I love it. I love, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's the perfect end spot because I don't think we can top that. That's brilliant. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Really Cheers, nice. guys. So there it is. There's my interview with IMX and Kat Von D. And as you heard, it got quite deep. It became a personal counselling session for myself. And it was one of those things where I was kind of like, do I leave that in or do I take it out? But I want to kind of be very honest with my listeners and be myself I don't want to kind of cut bits out and make it sound too edited and it's nice and raw for you to hear the actual conversations that take place and that's something I think that people really appreciate with the Mark and Me podcast it isn't this over polished really you know fake 10 minute short interviews I like giving people the full conversation and kind of context and everything that goes behind it so I hope you all enjoyed that and you know it was very kind of honest of us all I couldn't have asked for two better guests. I think IMX is an incredible talent in the music industry. His writing, his voice, everything about him, he's he's absolutely phenomenal. And I can see why he's doing so well and the kind of hardcore fans that follow him all over the world. Kat Von D is an absolute legend. Everything she does and puts her mind to, she perfects in the best, best way. And to see her doing so well with this music collaboration is fantastic. As you heard on the interview, she's going to be having her own album out and I'm sure that's going to do really, really well. I have so much respect for them both and I'm so grateful they came on the Mark and Me podcast. And the good news is I'm going to be getting them both back separately. So me and Chris are going to do an interview and have a special dedicated to him and all of his music background. And Kat Von D is going to come back and have her own episode talking all about her makeup range, the vegan stuff that she does, her gardening, her new album launch, her tattooing, her new recent marriage. Everything is going to be all talked about. So I'm really, really excited about that. They won't be too far away. I don't like to kind of leave too much of a gap after getting a guest in if they want to come back. So expect to get those in the next few months. As always, everyone, the support has been incredible for these episodes. I can't believe we're already on episode 28. Time is flying. You may have seen this week I've just launched a Patreon. This is because right now I need support. I want to get out there. I want to travel. All the time I'm getting opportunities to go off to London and all around the UK to interview new people to attend press junkets, to go to film premieres, to go to screenings, to go to conventions. And I'll be honest, the podcast doesn't pay. Until now, and we've skipped the end, I've been running it for nearly four years and I haven't earned a penny. We actually invest our own money into the podcast. So at this moment in time, I can't always say yes to all these great offers. So I thought, you know, I will give something back. I'll launch a Patreon. I'll promise people a couple of episodes every month and hope that people invest a bit of time, a bit of money not even the price of a coffee to listen to these episodes and in return I will give you more and more content you can get some badges you can get a mug you can get stickers you can get early releases and I promise you there will be loads and loads of more stuff added to make it as successful for you as it is for me and you know at the end of the day I see how people you know invest their time in me and if you can just invest that little bit of money it means that I can go a long way and give you more and more content so it's great for everyone 
As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, get on Twitter, get on Facebook, get on Instagram, email me, let me know because I've got some great guests coming up and the feedback is the the reason I do this. To hear that you all enjoy the podcast and that you enjoy everything I do is the biggest pat on the back and that's why I'm here. I'm doing it for all of you listeners out there. Thanks again to Kat Von D. Thanks again to Chris. It was an amazing interview and I'm so, so proud and it's so, so nice to get it out there for you all. In the meantime, go on markandme.com for all the links and I'll be back in two weeks' time with a brand new guest and a brand new interview. So take care and I'll speak to you all then. I've got this funny feeling that I just can't shake The devil in the wires, the data eating up my brain There's a flood that's coming up to my bed swims and I can't get over it. How do I even learn to play the human way? Smiles without a heart with mechanical mistakes. There's a flood that's coming up to my bed. Love's out there but I'm indifferent. Stand up, can you keep your Brain. There's a flood that's coming up